Hello, I'm Tony Holmes and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, glad you could drop by today. Got a great episode coming up, so stay tuned. Now, did you know, in the United Kingdom, we produce the most food waste in Europe. We throw away 9.5 million tonnes a year, 8.4 million people in the UK are in food poverty. And that's the paradox. In the clothing industry, the demand for new material is expected to triple by 2050. And yet, an estimated £140 million worth of clothes go to landfill every year. Now, that was from an interesting article in Raconteur by Andrea Hartley. And this is a really good article. It talks about if you want to stop and think about the planet, then, she says, you've got to kill off the consumer. And what she means by that is that we need to be viewing people as rounded citizens and not just consumers. And that's an important point, isn't it? We need to think about our lives in a different way than just a consumer. After all, it's consumption that's driving some of the biggest problems in the world. Excessive consumption, that is. We all need to be responsible citizens rather than consumers. And if we want the circular economy to be truly circular and work to our advantage, then that's how we need to think. We need greater cooperation between businesses and individuals to ensure that we don't overproduce, that we're achieving sustainable production and consumption, and that we're not sending excessive amounts of waste to landfill. That benefits no one. So we need to engage with a range of stakeholders, educate employees, give customers the facts, communicate how things are changing, and just get on with it. So, thanks to Andrea Hartley for those insights. You can read the full article in Raconteur. I'll put the link in the notes. The European Union is about to announce legislation next year, which will introduce digital product passports. So what does this mean? Well, it's a measure designed to boost sustainability and transparency in the supply chain. And it has significant implications for British exporters to the European Union. Businesses and consumers in the European Union generated about 7 million tonnes of textile waste. And of that, 31% was recovered and only 1% was recycled. That's according to the European Parliamentary Research Service. And so it makes it quite difficult to implement this idea of a circular economy that we talked about a little earlier. So will the digital product passport go some way to resolve this problem? Most people think that there will be some kind of digital product passport within the next decade for all types of products around the globe. Now, since the United Kingdom left the European Union, it no longer has to have European Union legislation incorporated into its domestic legal frameworks. But that doesn't mean that UK companies don't have to comply with European law, especially when they export products to the European Union. So if they want to still do business in Europe, they're going to have to take note of the law, but they're not going to have any say in how that law is implemented. And this is one of the downsides, of course, of leaving the European Union, because you can have all kinds of legislation and restrictions imposed upon your trade, but you can't easily influence or change what happens in regulatory terms. It's difficult to see how 
this regulation will be able to provide complete, trustworthy data. And uh, that could be one of the issues that develops when it's introduced, because there'll be companies that will be trying to ostensibly comply with the digital product passport, but in reality, they might be simply greenwashing. And of course, that's going to become more of an issue in terms of compliance in the next few years, and governments are going to stamp on it. So we'll have to see how this one's going to develop. It will all come out in the wash, as they say. There's a really good article I came across in Supply Chain Digital, written by Sean Ashcroft. He's the editor, and uh, it's called Business Battles to Comply with New Supply Chain Laws and Regulations. Now, this is becoming more and more of an issue. It's constantly changing, and the regulatory landscape is becoming more restrictive, especially with the changing laws around ESG. And for those of you that don't know what ESG is... It's environmental, sustainable governance. And it's companies that lack technical resources and human capital that will suffer, according to the article by Sean Ashcroft. So I'd advise you to go along and take a look at this and have a read. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can do that. It's a very informative article. So thanks to Sean. Now, I was interested to read this week that LinkedIn, and many of you will be members of LinkedIn, the professional social network. Well, this week it hit 1 billion members. So it now has 1 billion members. So what's that? One-eighth of the world's population are on LinkedIn. It's incredible, isn't it? And of course, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft these days. So if you didn't know that, perhaps you should. And it's increasingly, of course, using AI to help people find their next job. I think LinkedIn is a really good service to members. And uh, if you're not a member on LinkedIn, perhaps you should be adding to that 1 billion and perhaps you should be on there. It's a great professional networking site. Now, cyber threats have become much more regular in recent times and they've hit all kinds of businesses and taken them down occasionally. And these kind of cyber attacks are rather unpleasant when they hit. And this week, one of the world's largest aircraft manufacturers was hit by such an attack. Boeing is one of the world's largest defence and space contractors, and it's said that it's investigating a cyber incident that impacted elements of its parts and distribution business, and it's cooperating with law enforcement agencies to look into it. The incident happened days after the Lockbit Cybercrime Gang said on Friday it's stolen an amount of sensitive data from the US plane maker and it would dump it online if Boeing didn't pay a ransom by the 2nd of November. A spokesman for Boeing said it doesn't affect flight safety, but we are actively investigating the incident. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the US government might respond to this, especially with uh, interest in making supply chains more resilient, because this is part of making supply chains resilient to stop these cyber attacks. And while we're on resilience, there's an episode of the Chain Reaction podcast, which is coming your way, which is about how to make your supply chain resilient. And it also tracks the 
developments in the past couple of years of how governments and businesses have become far more focused on creating resilient supply chains. So you might want to drop by and pick that up when it's out. Chain Reaction Interest rates in the United States remain the same this week after the Federal Reserve decided to hold the interest rates at between 5 and 5.25%. A target of 2% is still in their sights, and they hope to slowly drive down inflation in the coming months. Well, the Bank of England also left its base rate fixed at 5.25% this week, and that's in the hope that things will get better with the time lag in the next couple of months and inflation will become more in control. Now, one of the problems that lots of businesses have faced coming out of the COVID-19 lockdowns in the past few years is cranking up capacity again. It's been very difficult for many businesses to get back to what was normal prior to the pandemic, and some didn't make the cut. And you'll remember I talked about Yellow, which was a 99-year-old trucking business in the United States some time ago, and they went into administration and then out of business back in July this year, 22,000 unionised workers. And that's because they got into difficulties, which is explained in the episode where I discuss that, and you can go back and have a listen. But uh, it was also the case that costs are tight, drivers are short, and business is short, or at least it was then. Now, demand for trucking services is still fairly tight, and capacity is tight, but the prices have fallen. And it's a very competitive market. So no doubt there are some other businesses that are also tottering on the brink. Not just in trucking, but in other parts of the supply chain. And it's worth thinking about how precarious our supply chain world is. When we've built capacity and things are moving and the economy is growing, everything's fine. But when it stops, when that machine stops, then there's a problem. And that's because there just isn't enough money flowing around the system to keep things moving along and oiling the wheels of industry. Lithium batteries have been in the news this week, and it's about safety concerns over lithium batteries. There have been a number of incidents where lithium batteries in e-scooters, e-bicycles, and in automobiles have gone on fire. And when they do go on fire, because they hold so much energy in a small space, They're very difficult to control. You shouldn't go near them because they explode. So lithium-ion batteries are widely used because of their ability to store large amounts of energy in a small area. But you do need to dispose of them safely. You do need also to ensure that you're using those batteries in accordance with the manufacturer's guidance and that you're buying branded makes rather than just any old make off the internet. They can overheat And then they're a fire hazard. They can catch fire, they can explode. And if they're defective or not used properly, they will do. There have been more than 450 fires across Australia linked to lithium-ion batteries in the past 18 months. There are also charging risks. You need to follow the manufacturer's instructions. Regularly check the condition of the battery for dents, deformation, signs of overheating and other irregularities. If you use them improperly, For things they're not designed for, they can be dangerous. They do have thermal instability and internal short circuits, 
which can cause problems. There's also a lack of regulation and education over batteries, very little regulation over lithium-ion batteries, and the safety aspects that are associated with them. And people often don't know how to use them properly, store them, recycle them, dispose of them. You have to make sure you're using the designated charges for the batteries, avoid extreme heat, don't put them in hot areas, and of course, if you're charging batteries on vehicles, follow the instructions from the automobile manufacturers, and the same goes for scooters and e-bikes. So if you want to stay safe, follow that guidance. Now let's turn our attention to EVs, electric vehicles, and the lithium-ion batteries that are supplied with them. Now we know that car fires can occur in any type of car, but EVs are particularly susceptible if the battery is damaged in a crash, it will deform and it could explode in the worst case. In the United Kingdom, there have been a dramatic increase in fires caused by EV batteries over the last five years. The numbers of recorded fires remain relatively low between 2017 and 2020, but there was a dramatic upsurge in 2021. London Fire Brigade said that their figures jumped from 32 fires in 2020 to 102 fires in 2021. According to Honeywell Safety and Productivity Solutions, 239 fires recorded in the UK from July 22 to June 2023 were linked to EVs, an 83% increase year-on-year. In Australia, from 2010 to June 2023, only four electric vehicle battery fires had been recorded. A recent paper forecasts a possible total of around 900 EV fires between 2023 and 2050. Well, that doesn't sound very high over a long period of time, but it's still a cause for concern. And we need to be gathering statistics from all parts of the globe of what's happening to these EV batteries so that we can give assurances that they are actually safe. And I'd like to see a lot more being done by the manufacturers in their supply chains to ensure safety with regard to EVs. As more cars become electric, the number of incidents is likely to increase, and it will probably go much higher than the forecasts we already have. So we really need to keep this in check. About 10% of car sales were electric vehicles in 2021. And I've seen a statistic in the last week or so that says global battery market for lithium-ion batteries is up about 30% year on year. And that's obviously because of the de- the increase in demand for electric vehicles. You have to remember that these lithium-ion batteries are only used in cars since about 2008. So it's only about 15 years that uh, we've had experience of them in motor vehicles to drive cars instead of petrol and diesel. And the problem with them, of course, they can go on fire, which we've discussed earlier. And when they do go on fire, it takes about 37 times more in water to actually extinguish a lithium-ion battery than it does to put out a petrol fire. Now, that's a lot of water. And if you think about these lithium-ion batteries, they can also reignite. You think you've put them out, and they come back to life again. The fire breaks out once more. So they're quite dangerous items. And I think this is going to put people off the purchase of EVs until they're satisfied that there are regulations in place and that the manufacturing processes are actually putting a lot more effort 
into ensuring the safety of those lithium batteries to drive our cars around. Now, modern slavery has been in the news in the past couple of weeks. I've seen episodes of uh, forced labour and, of course, exploitation of young people in supply chains mentioned. And, of course, then there's human trafficking. That's bringing people from one area to another area and exploiting them. Forced labour. And, of course, there's something known as debt bondage, where the workers have to give their labour in exchange for the repayment of a debt. So all those things are what we regard as modern slavery. And of course, supply chains are where much of the activity can take place with regard to modern slavery. It affects industries from textiles, fashion, transport, seafood, electronics, all kinds of industries that uh, have had cases exposed in newspapers and news media. It's an abuse of human rights, of course, and if you read the United Nations Statement on Human Rights, They discuss modern slavery, and it's outlawed, of course. But it's there, and it causes so much harm to many lives. But one of the things I saw in the past couple of weeks was that uh, the appointment of a czar to look after modern slavery in the United Kingdom. You might remember there were examples in the press a couple of years back in the Leicester area, in the clothing industry, where people were being accused of modern slavery practices, and some of those came to court. It's all about ethics, this really, and we need ethical supply chains. It's an important part of managing supply chains, and it's something very close to my own stance with regard to modern slavery and making sure that your supply chains are ethical. So as I said, the UK has appointed the first independent anti-slavery commissioner for 18 months. Eleanor Lyons will take up the role for an 18-month period, and this was announced by the Home Secretary, Suala Brovman, on the 11th of October. The current Deputy Children's Commissioner has been selected to take up this role as Independent Anti-Slavery Commissioner, and she will play a key role in helping to drive the UK's response to the devastating crime. This unique role was established after the Modern Slavery Act in 2015 and is independent of government. The Commissioner works collaboratively with the government and its partners to ensure modern slavery is effectively tackled in the UK, as well as working with international partners to promote best practice. As Lyons was selected for the important role by the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, following a robust competition in accordance with governance codes on public appointments. Well, that's it for the News Roundup this week, and I hope you've learned something And I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And I'll be back next week with some new specials that you can listen to. And just before I go, I'm going to tell you what the programme is looking like up to Christmas. So coming along next week, we have Tracing the Evolution of Advertising, Past, Present and Future Trends. That's on Tuesday. It's out on the 7th of November. And that's very quickly followed up by Navigating the Future phasing out of third-party cookies and digital advertising. And that comes out a week later on the 14th of November. On the 21st of November, we have Redefining Consumption Habits for a Sustainable Future. On the 28th of November, Enhancing Supply Chain Success Through Customer Focus. On the 5th of December, Navigating the Realm of Resilient Supply Chains 
and risk management, and on the 12th of December, harnessing digital technologies for supply chain optimization. And then as we move into the Christmas period, we'll have a couple of Christmas specials uh, before we take a, a break for Christmas. So, come by, pick up the episodes you're interested in, and of course catch up on the back catalogue and take a look at those. And we'll very soon be on our 200th episode of the Chain Reaction podcast. So it'll be time to celebrate. I'll have to get the champagne out. Well, that's it for this week. I'll see you next time. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now. been listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains, and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon, all things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.